Hello and welcome to the audio ministry of Pure Heart Christian Center. We are located at 12236 Southwest 128th Street near the Tamiami Airport in the Kindle area. I want to invite you now to join our lead pastor, Dennis Penton, as he dynamically shares another life-transforming message from God's Word. We all enjoy a general blessing. General blessings come to people irregardless of your faith. So whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, you can be an atheist and you will still enjoy general blessings. And in fact, one of the general blessings is, is just the, the mere fact that we live in this country. I was kind of digging through and I, I came across a couple of uh, stats that I, that I thought were kind of, uh, you know, pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, and this came from policymike.com. According to the Department of Health and Human Services, the poverty line in the U.S., you know what the poverty line is? About $11,000 per person. About $23,000 per family is the income bracket for families that are in poverty. But the study was showing that if you are at the poverty line in the U.S., you're still in the top 14% income earners in the world. Look at the person and say, I'm blessed. Even, check this out, even if you are at the bottom 10% of the U.S. income distribution, you are still within the 30% of the highest income earners in the world. More than a billion people around the world Live on less than a dollar a day. Look at the person and say, I'm blessed. The U.S. The U.S. represents about 5% of the world population. Yet, the U.S. is responsible for about 30% of the GDP, the gross domestic product. We're blessed. Brooke Logan wrote an article in Yahoo News, uh, Yahoo Voices News. And she asked a couple of questions. She says, did you eat yesterday? How many of you guys ate yesterday? You could tell I ate. <laughs> she says that one third of the world is starving and another third is underfed. If you ate at least once, you're more fortunate than four billion other people. Did you have a bed to sleep on? According to the Interpress Service, there are more than 100 million homeless people worldwide. Millions more have a home to live in, but they sleep on a dirt floor. Others share a bed with others. Now, if you have a bed that you sleep in by yourself or with your spouse, okay, you are more fortunate than many around the world. She also asked another two more questions. The next one, she says, do you have access to clean drinking water? Wow. More than a billion people in the world do not have clean drinking water. It says almost two million people die every day because their water is unsafe. In America, you can walk into almost any grocery store 
and use a water fountain there? Do you live in a war zone? Many people in other parts of the world do not enjoy the peace that we have in this country. Iraq, Afghanistan, Libya, you can start rattling. You can start rattling off names. Libya, Syria, Turkey, Nigeria, Somalia, Colombia, uh, Chechnya, Israel, Sudan, India, Egypt. You can go on and on and on on where there is real conflict. And they don't settle their conflicts a lot like the court system here. They settle their conflict throwing rocks and grenades and setting places on fire and things things of that nature. See, why am I saying that? Am I saying that to make you feel guilty? No. To make you realize we receive God's grace. We're blessed people. We're blessed people. In fact, if your house catches fire, you know what? The fire department will come and shut it off for you. If you need the police, you can call 911. You know what? They may not be there when you want them, but they'll show up. <laughs> Sorry, I say that to all my police, to law enforcement friends. Uh, but it's true, isn't it? If, if you have a medical emergency, listen, whether you have insurance or not, they're not going to turn you away at the hospital if you have a medical emergency. So, so why do we say, if you have a problem, you know, a civil problem, you can take it to the courts, and the courts can try to give you some sort of justice. You know, that I, what I just said right now, that's not true for a great part of the world. And why am I saying that? Because we're blessed. And all these blessings, what do they fall under? They fall under the category general blessings. We're blessed irregardless, what? Irregardless of what we believe, whether we're atheists or the most ardent believer in the Lord. They fall, what? They, they, they reign on each and every one of us. And see, sometimes we assume, here's what we assume. Sometimes we assume that it's our divine right to have good health, to have uh, safety, to have security, to have the freedoms that other people enjoy just because we live here. And you know what? That's not true. That, that's not true. And whatever we have, you know what we say? God, I have it because of your grace. Now, does that mean that we don't fight for certain things and we don't push for certain things and we don't push for certain legislation and we don't push to remove some injustices within our system? Yeah, yeah, but that's not what we're talking about. What I'm talking about is just to give us an understanding. Listen, we're a blessed people. We're a blessed people. The Bible says that everything you have in your life, in fact, it says it there in John 1.16, if you have your Bibles turned there, everything good you have in your life is a gift from God. It says, from the fullness of His grace. I love that. We have all received one blessing after another. From the fullness of His grace, we received one blessing after another. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm blessed. We are blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. We receive salvation. We receive forgiveness. We receive transformation. We receive what? Peace, love, joy. We receive uh, uh, peace in our hearts. We receive uh, so many things that oftentimes we take for granted. Gifts and talents and abilities and jobs and homes and families. We can go to school. Our kids can be educated. Man, we're blessed. We're blessed. We received a great deal because of God's favor. God's general blessing. It's called general grace. Some people would say that. Uh, yet, there are other people. Today, I'm not talking about general grace or general blessings. There are other people that receive more. The question is why? What sets people up 
to align themselves in a place, to position themselves where they receive a greater blessing. Are they better? Are they better than us? No. No one here is better than anybody else. Look at the person and say, you're not better than me. I know you think you are. No, no don't say that. Don't. <laughs> yeah. Where's Shamara? Shamara here? You think you're better than me? No, okay. No, I, always taught, I always teach her that way. Uh, no, there's nobody here that's better than the next person. We're all created equally. We've all, you know, the Bible says it very clearly in Galatians. There's neither bond nor free. You know, there's no Jew or Gentile. We're all one in Christ, me, male or female. We are equal. We are equal. Now, so if we're equal, why is it that some people are blessed more than others? Here's why. Here's why. Because some people make better choices. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree that... If you make better choices, then it's the outcome of those better choices is going to be a better living. You make better decisions, you're going to enjoy what? The, the fruit that comes from those decisions. And, and really, that's, what we're, we're, that's really what I want to talk to you about. No one is better, but you know what? If you make better choices, you'll have better outcomes. If you have better outcomes, guess what? You're blessed. But here's a blessing that I'm talking about that's different than general blessing. This is to be blessed more. So if you want to live the blessed life, how does it begin? It it begins with making better choices. Better choices doesn't mean I'm better. No, 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 no. And I hate it when people say, what do you think, you're holier than thou? What does that mean, holier than thou? No. I I don't think I'm holier than thou. However, if I make better choices than you, wouldn't you come to an agreement that that you know, that that's acceptable? doesn't mean that I'm better than you. I'm not better than you. And I could make better choices than you. And you probably make some better choices than me in some areas. And that's fine. But really it comes down to what? It comes down to making better choices. Making better decisions. People that make better choices, you know what they do? They enjoy more of God's blessings. To so look at the person and say, I need to make better choices. And that's today what I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about five choices that will set you up to be blessed by God even more. The first choice, you have it there in your outline. The first choice is, the first thing you need is that you need to receive God's blessings through Jesus Christ. If you want God's blessing in your life, here is where, where, where the general blessing is separated from specific blessings. You want God's specific blessing, you cannot bypass Jesus Christ. It begins with Him. He is the source. He is the fountain of all our blessing. So it comes how? I have to have what? See, you know what we're looking for? We look for a a principle. Give me the principle to be blessed. But God says it's not a principle, it's a person. It's not a principle, it's a person. And the person is Jesus Christ. And it's not just about paying lip service to Jesus Christ. It's about embracing Him in your life. About letting Him be the one that rules your life, that leads your life, that helps you make the decisions in which you make. You've got to accept Jesus Christ. So many people come to church and all they do, they just pay lip service. They say, yeah, I like Jesus. I'm a fan of Jesus. Now God's looking for much more than fans. If all you are is a fan of Jesus, listen, 90% of the population in the U.S. is a fan of Jesus. 
Yeah, he was a great guy. Oh, yeah, he's my hero. Oh, yeah, I know. You know, no, 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 listen. Do you model your life after what Jesus Christ said? So, so the blessing in my life comes how? I have to receive blessings how? through Jesus Christ. Look what it says in Ephesians 1, 3. It says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You know what that does? That teaches the exact opposite of what other religions teach you. Other religions teach you, you got to be blessed. You know how? you got to... You know, you've got to uh, have this regulation and this rule and that rule. Here's what Jesus teaches us. He is the source. Amen. He's a source for all my blessings. Today, I invite you to receive Jesus Christ. But not just to pay lip service, not just as a religious act, but just to open your heart and say, Lord, I thank you that you love me more than anyone else. And you open your heart for him not only to come in, but to change it. And you give him the control of your life. How does that look? Ever, you guys ever ride a tandem bicycle? Tandem, a bike with two, with two, uh, with two seats? Yeah. Come on, all you newlyweds did it. You know, you went out to the beach and you rented one of those funky bikes and, you know, and here you are driving, you know, and both of you are pedaling, you know, and, and, you know, here's what salvation is like. Salvation is like you're driving. You're in the front seat always. When you're in the front seat always, you're always driving and steering. You're the one that decides where you're going. Well, I want to go up that hill. I want to go down that hill. I want to turn around this corner. I want to go to that destination. I want to go there. You're driving. And you know what? You get a little bit of power from the person in the back sometimes. Sometimes. I remember going on the bike sometimes with my wife. And I look back. And she's not. You're not pedaling. You're wearing your feet out. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired. No wonder I'm getting tired because you're not pedaling. You're not carrying your weight. You know? But you know, sometimes, you know what salvation is like? Salvation is like, let's, let's get off the bike. Let me get off the bike. Let me get on the back. And let me put Jesus in the front. Jesus, you tell me where you want me to go now. You decide. And sometimes that's scary. Why? Because we hate giving up control of our lives. See, when I'm in the front, why? I'm calling the shots. Oh, yeah, that's bad. Oh, yeah, I like that. I'm calling the shots. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I want to keep control. So to give up control, oh, man. That's a tough one. And we don't like doing it. But that's the essence of salvation. Say, God, I'm giving up the control of my life. Take the handlebars. Take that tandem bike, Lord. Lord, I'll be in the back seat. You direct it. You decide. Okay. And so you receive Jesus. You receive Jesus Christ. A lot of people, you know what they want? They, God, I'm waiting for you to bless me. But here's what God says. No, no, you're not waiting for me to bless you. I'm waiting for you so I can bless you more. Because I took the first step. And what was that first step? I provided what you need the most. Jesus Christ. To come, to die, to provide forgiveness for us. Listen, you can do this. You can receive the great blessing that comes from knowing that your sins are forgiven. By embracing what Jesus Christ did for you. By embracing Jesus Christ. By beginning a relationship with Christ if you don't have one already. Here's the second thing. The second thing that God expects of me. Or the second choice I can make if I want to live a blessed life is that I have to be grateful for God's blessing already. Let me say that again. I have to be grateful for God's blessing already. You know who God loves to bless? God loves to bless people who are grateful for what they already have. Right? God does not get real excited about blessing people who are always complaining. 
God does not get real excited about blessing people that are always bitter because they got the short end of the deal. God does not get real excited about blessing people that are bitter. Why? Because of the little that they have. You want to open the door to God's blessing. Listen, you need to put some gratitude in that attitude. Think about it. Why would God want to bless an ungrateful person? You don't. I don't. When, when, when you have a spoiled child, anybody have a spoiled child? No, don't raise your hand. Uh, when you have a spoiled child that's acting horribly, listen, you don't reward them with all the things they want. Why? That would only be reinforcing bad behavior. Oh, wait a minute. Some of you do that already, don't you? That's a topic for a different discussion on parenting. Some of us, you know what? We give our kids, our kids rule the house. And they throw tantrums. And they know how to manipulate. And they scream. And because you don't want to hear them scream, you give them exactly what they want. No, that's not, that's not a good parenting technique. And if you were to ask the average parent, you know what? The average parent knows how to parent other people's kids more than you know how to parent your own kids. Because we know, we know within us, we know. That's not right. You're blessing them with this. You're giving them that. And look at them. They're acting bratty. They're acting horribly. They're acting spoiled. They're bad-mouthing. You know, know, they're, they're getting mouthy. They're getting disrespectful. And you continue to give them something? No. Don't do that, mom and dad. You're only reinforcing bad behavior. See, what am I talking about? Am I talking about parenting? No, but in the context of what we're talking about, you want to be blessed, it begins with a grateful heart. There is not a parent here that would not bend over backwards to do something for their kids if we felt like they were grateful for what they already got. And all the parents said, Amen. Amen. No, you got to say it louder. So your kids can hear you. Yeah. We love to give to our kids. I don't like giving to my kids when they're ungrateful. I don't like giving to my kids when they complain. Oh, dad, you know, all we got is rice and beans again. Well, listen, let me take off the beans then. <laughs> you give it just rice then. I'm sorry, I put rice on. Sorry, I put beans on the rice. You could just have rice by itself. Right? Yeah, but we're spoiled. I'm tired of this. Well, listen, slow down, back up, back the train up a little bit. Think about what you're saying. You know, you want me to bless you. You want me to give, be grateful for what you have. Yeah, but I'm tired. Listen, would you be grateful for it? Some of you guys came from other countries and you know what it's like to be without. And, and God blessed you with more. Why? Because you learned to be grateful. There were many times where I had to, you know, have you guys know what Vienna sausages are? How many of you guys, it's almost like I grew up on Vienna sausage. I think that's why my brain is kind of half fried, you know. Vienna sausage. How about beanie weenies? Any beanie weenie people? See, our kids don't know what those are. Our kids grow up in mac and cheese, mac and cheese. I didn't know what mac and cheese was when I was growing up. You know, it was just rice and Vienna sausage on a good day, on a good day. Occasionally, rice with fried eggs. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, But listen, thank God you have something. Thank God you were fed. Listen, here's what I'm saying is that you want God to bless you. 
You've got to learn to be grateful for what you have. Here's the trap. The trap is you always compare yourself to the next person. And we never compare ourselves to the person on the top rung of the ladder. We, you know, we always compare ourselves rather to the person on the top rung of the ladder rather than the bottom rung of the ladder. Well, look at them. They got this. I want that too. And so you know what happens when you compare yourself? You know what that begins to create in you? That begins to create a little bit of animosity, a little bit of uh, envy, a little bit of, uh, you know, a, a little bit of distaste, a little bit of ungratefulness. We thank Him for what He's done for us. As you thank God for what He's done for you, you know what happens? He begins to bless you. But listen, but listen, you've you, you got to do it you, you, you got to do it with the, with the right motive. Have you ever tried to trick God? I try to trick God all the time. I try to trick God, but it doesn't work. Here's what I do. Is I, I figure it out. Okay, i got to be thankful because if I'm thankful, then, then God's going to give me this. So, so, so you know what? God, thank you for my wife. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for my car. Thank you for my church. No, thank you. Uh, what else? Uh, yeah, thank you, Lord, for food. Thank you, Lord, for my bed. Okay, now I want this. Can I get this now? The guy says, you're so phony. You didn't thank me from your heart for those things. See, we try to, do, we try to throw God a curveball. Am I the only one that does that? No, don't raise your hand. You're not raising your hand. You're a bunch of liars. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We try to manipulate. We try to trick God, circumvent. Oh, God, I'm going to throw you a Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Now, where's my blessing? Come on. Give me, my, give me my candy. Give me my toys. Give me my ice cream. God says, no, 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 no. You've got to do it from the right heart. You've got to learn to see. Gratitude, you know what that is? Gratitude is a lifestyle that I have to develop. Whenever you're grateful, when you show God gratitude, you know what that is? That's the essence of worship. And worship is a lifestyle. It's something that I practice constantly. And some of you might say, real sincerely, Pastor, you know, I've tried doing that. It's not working for me. I tried being grateful, but it's just my personality. I'm just a negative person. And I just see the... I just begin to see the glass half full. I'm not like Damon. I'm not like Pastor Damon. You know, now I just, but here's what you could do. Because, okay, that's a fair, it's fair that some of us are, are like that and we're, you know, uh, uh, a pessimistic rather than optimist. That's fine. But listen, have you prayed about that? Have you asked God to change that attitude? Say, Lord, I really want to be more grateful. Lord, I really don't want to be a bitter person. I don't want to be an angry person. Lord, I don't want to be comparing myself always to people on the top rung of the ladder. Lord, I want to, Lord, teach me to be grateful. Teach me to be happy with what I have. Teach me to be content. Listen, as you pray for that, you know what? God will give that to you. As God fill me with your spirit. You know, one of the very first things that happens when God fills you with his spirit, he gives you the fruit of the spirit. And that fruit of the spirit temperance contentment, long-suffering, love, joy, peace, all those things come. Guess what? You learn to be grateful because God fills you with His Spirit. We have a lot to be thankful for. The key to God's blessing is develop a lifestyle of worship, a.k.a. gratitude. Here's the third thing. Not just uh, receive or accept Christ or the, accept the blessings that come through Christ. Actually, let me just back up a little. You remember the story of... of uh, of Paul and Silas. Remember that? Acts chapter 16, when they were thrown in prison, they're preaching the gospel, they deliver this young lady, and they get in trouble because that lady was making a lot of money for her bosses. And so what do they do? It says that they got beat and they got thrown in jail in a little town called Philippi. Actually, it was a big city back then. Uh, 
And guess what they did? They threw a temper tantrum. No, they didn't, did they? The Bible says that at midnight, they began to pray. And what else? Sing. They began to, listen, you can only sing when you're thankful. Right? Man, they began to sing and they began to praise. And as they be, and it says it was midnight, as they began to pray and they began to sing, guess what happened? The Bible says an earthquake shook the place where they were. And all of a sudden, the, the doors and the jail bars, everything broke down. It says that all the prisoners were set free. They didn't run away. That's a different part of the story. But here's what I want you to know. What does that story teach us? We stay in prison until we learn to sing. You want to be freed from your prison? The prison of bitterness, the prison of loneliness, the, the, the prison of unforgiveness, the prison of anger, the prison of depression, the prison of addiction. You want to be freed from your prison? You got to learn to be grateful. You got to learn to sing. You got to learn to praise. You got to learn to worship. Here's the, here's the third thing. Sorry. Now the third thing for real. Okay. Uh, I have to uh, expect God's blessing by faith. So not only do I have to be thankful, I have to have faith. I have to believe that God does want to bless me. You know why? Because He really does. But some of us don't receive many of God's blessings. You know why? Because we don't believe He does want to bless us. But God blesses people who believe Him. Have you ever observed how God blesses some people and their life is a little half-skewed? Like, I don't know, God, why you bless. Here's why. Because they continue to believe God. Even though they don't have all their life altogether, God still blesses them. Why? Because they have a great amount of faith. Why? Here's what the Bible says. It says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because we got to what we have to believe. That, he's do, that He does what? That He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. God rewards us. Reward is another word for blessing. How many of you guys want rewards? Oh, yeah, I love rewards. I want some rewards. Give me. I'll take some more. Here's what the Bible says. It comes what? You've got to believe. You've got to believe. You've got to believe not only that God wants to bless you, that God will, in fact, bless you. In fact, turn with me real quick over to uh, uh, Matthew. I believe it's Matthew. Yeah, uh, Matthew 9. In Matthew 9, there's a story of two blind men. And they begin to call out to Jesus for him to have mercy on them. And Jesus, they follow him into a place where he goes in, and Jesus asks them a question. He says, do you believe I can do this? They say, yes. Listen how Jesus responds. Where He says, according to your faith... It will be done unto you. Wow. Listen, don't be too quick to just read through that. Think about what that means. Here's what that means. He says that the blessings that you receive are in direct proportion to the faith that you have. What? Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. It's right there. The blessings that we have, Jesus is saying, is in direct proportion to your faith level. What? Yeah, that that means if you're not blessed, you need to have your faith examined. Why? Because God blesses faith. What is it that you want God to do in your life? 
What is it that you expect God to do in your life? You know what God's going to do in your life? God's going to do in your life exactly what you expect Him to do. Nothing more. Nothing less. Because the blessings of God are obtained by faith. And if you don't believe for great things, great things, guess what? They're not going to come. Because it's according to my level of faith that it'll be what? That it'll be given to me. Every time, every time, every time God did a miracle in the Bible, someone believed God for that miracle. Someone believed it. So, so really, think about it. You and I have, have is that the Timothy baby back there screaming? <laughs> we have to take care of that boy. Holy Ghost, he got the Holy Ghost. He got the truth. He's saying amen. Okay, okay. Uh, so think, think about it this way. You really have only two alternatives in life. You can worry or you can believe. Those two are mutually exclusive sentiments. You can't have both. You can't worry at the same time have faith. And you can't have faith while at the same time worry. Every time you worry, however, you know what you're saying? You're saying, God, I don't believe that you can take care of this problem. Every time you're anxious, you're saying, God, I know you're good. I know you're big. I just don't think you can do this for me. Every time you worry, you are slamming the door shut on what God can do. It's an insult. To, what, why, you little atheist? You don't believe anything, do you? Right, because what is an atheist? An atheist doesn't believe. So if you don't believe, then you're right there with them. You've got to believe. Believers, here, here's, here's what believers do. This is, and you've got to write this down. Believers... Believe. Isn't that great? Have you ever figured that out? Believers believe. Wow. Why are you called a believer? Don't call yourself a believer if you don't believe. Because that's our job. Believers believe. And as you believe, guess what? God says, man, I love it. I love it that they believe that I'm able to do this because I will, because I can. And you know what? Now I will bless them. Why? Because they, simply because of that. Because they believe. Because they believe. Now look at number four. You got to make room for God's blessing through obedience. You can't bypass this issue right here. You want God's blessing, you know what? You, you got to open the door for it, but nothing shuts the door to blessing faster than you continuing to live in rebellion. I know we all need time to change. Can we, can we agree to that? But there are some people that you just hold on to your lifestyle. You just hold on to your sin. And, and you're, you know what? You are refusing to surrender to God areas in your life that are displeasing. And when you do that, that's called living in rebellion. And if you live in rebellion, guess what's going to happen? It doesn't matter if you're a church member. Doesn't matter if you've been baptized five times. Doesn't matter if you're a member of ten churches. It, it, it doesn't matter if you light a candle before you pray. It doesn't really matter if you pay lip service to Jesus. If you are living in rebellion, 
God says, listen, you're shutting the door on blessing. It doesn't matter if you give money to the homeless shelter. It doesn't matter that you help your neighbor mow their lawn. Those are all good things. I'm not saying that any of those things are bad. No, no, those are all good things, but it doesn't matter because you're trying to bypass the real issue of is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life or not? Listen, some of you need to listen to this. This is because some of you, you just come to church and you know what? You're a pretender. No, no, I'm not saying that in a, I'm not saying that to insult you. I just listen. I want you to hear me out. You're pretending from this standpoint. You're pretending that all you can do is receive Christ, come to church every now and then, sing a few songs, go back out, and live the rest of the way with the control of the bike in the front. I says, no, that's that's phoniness. Don't be pretending. There's no blessing in that. Look at what it says in Isaiah. You got to look at the scripture. It says in in, in, in Isaiah 59. Uh, one and two says, listen, the Lord is not too weak to save you. Here's what God said. You think I can't save you? I can save you. I can bless you. I can give you everything you ever wanted. And he's not becoming deaf. It's not like, well, I don't think God can hear me. Is God deaf? Does God need a hearing aid? No, I don't think so. Says, he can hear you when you call. But that is not the problem. Verse 2 says, there is a problem. Your sins have cut you off from God. Because of your sin, he has turned away and he will not listen anymore. Yes. There you go. God is saying, listen, I'm not listening to you because you keep entertaining your sin. It's like if I bring a mistress into my house and I want my wife to still be a wife to me. I'm like, but I got this mistress. But you know, but my wife is saying, no, I'm not going to be your wife until you get rid of the mistress. I'm like, no, I want to keep her. What? And there are people that do that. And they wind up on the Maury Povich show. (laughs) Ladies, I'm getting off track here. Or men. No one is worth you entertaining and staying in their lives because they promise to get rid of their other lover. If that's happened to you, and you're saying, you know, I'm going to keep receiving. No, 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 listen. Don't sell yourself short. Don't have... Such a low sense of self-worth. If someone comes into your house, especially, you know, and they are refusing to repent, you better love them in a tough way, not in a passive way. Okay? I don't know if anybody, right now, I just felt like I needed to deviate a little bit from that. But, but think about what that means. Think about that. Is it, here's what we're saying to God. I want to cherish my sin. I want to hold on to it. Whatever. It's pornography. It's lying. It's cheating. It's deceiving. It's, it's fraud. It's, it's all these things that are committing. I'm going to hold on to But Lord, would you bless me? I sang some songs. I gave in the offering. I go to church. My name is in pure heart. Man, that's an up and coming church. You know, man, I, that's got to count for something. You know why what we, what we do that? You know what that's called? That's called religious compensation. You know what religious compensation is? Religious compensation is when you do a few religious acts that you hope God will accept you because of those acts and overlook the real ugly things in your life. Just like, God, I, you know, I gave to a homeless man on the street. And he was asking that guy, you know, man, I, I did some good stuff. And you're trying to throw God off the trail. God doesn't get thrown off your trail. <laughs> He doesn't get thrown off the trail. He doesn't. And see, here, here, listen. This is why you're not blessed. 
I'm not saying you as general. I'm saying some of you. I should probably rectify that. Or clarify. This is why some of you are not blessed. Why? Because you're still living in rebellion. And God says, I cannot bless you. It's like me reinforcing. It's like me having a kid, you know what, that has a bad attitude and asking for all that. And I still feed them ice cream. God will not reinforce bad behavior by rewarding us with good things. He says, no, no. I'm going to shut. The heavens are going to shut. You're going to have a hard time. Why? Because if you're mine, and you say you're mine, you're going you're gonna to acknowledge me. You're going to acknowledge me. And so how do we open the door to God's blessing? We open the door, how? Through obedience. And if you continue to disobey, guess what happens? Your heart becomes hardened. You deceive yourself. Let's, let's, look, at the, let's look at the last one. You've got to share God's blessing with others. You want to be blessed? God never blesses you so that you can accrue. God never blesses you so that you can accrue goods, so that you can hoard, so that you can stockpile. God always, 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 say always with me. Always Always blesses you so you can bless others. In fact, if God blesses you and you don't bless others, you know what you're doing? you are closing the faucet of God's blessing. Where now the blessings are just trickling down. Why? Because they say, I can't, I can't trust you with these blessings. Why? Because I gave it to you so that you can be a blessing to others, but you're not. You're hoarding it. You're keeping it for yourself. You're not giving it. Here's the key of the kingdom. The key of the kingdom is this. You want to receive God's blessing, you've got to give God's blessing. That's why the Bible says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's human nature, though, to receive. My name is Jimmy. I take whatever you give me. <laughs> we love to receive. We're talking about Christmas. I already told my wife what I wanted for Christmas. It's like four months out. <laughs> I should have been thinking, what can I get you for Christmas? No, 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 because that's the way we are. We are selfish, and here's what God's saying. Listen, the key to being blessed is you've got to learn to give. You've got to learn to give, and here's the key. Here's what God says. You receive in direct proportion to how you... What? So, following that point of view, following that train of thought, that means I have exactly what I've given God. What I've already given. But Lord, all I got is a little piece of bread. I wanted more. I wanted a big steak with a lobster dinner. And all I got is a little, you know, dinner roll. God says, that's all you gave. You want a big steak and you gave a dinner roll. I could hardly get you to give it. And and it was an old dinner roll. (laughs) Why? Because we receive in direct proportion to how we give. Here's what the Bible says. To give is more blessed than to receive. And God blesses us. So that we can bless us. So here's how it works. God blesses me so I can share that blessing with others. So then God can bless me more. So then I can share more with others. So then God can bless me more. And then I can share even more with others. So then God can bless me even more. So then I can bless even, give more to others. And it goes on and on and on. But if I shortchange that, if I say, God, you bless me with more, man, I'm going to keep it. Set the faucet off. Because the key is to give. Thank you so much for having joined us today for this impacting message. 
I trust that God has touched your life through it and stirred in you a renewed passion for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our Lord is faithful, and he wants to touch your life in a powerful way. He alone can meet your deepest needs and give your life meaning, no matter what situation you may be in right now. So be encouraged, friend. Trust him, and be assured that I will be praying for you. If you are in the Miami area and do not have a home church, why don't you come out and join us? We are near the Tamiami Airport in Kendall and located at 12236 Southwest 128th Street. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m. in Spanish and 11 a.m. in English. God bless you. I look forward to meeting you soon. Well, thank you for being with us. You've been listening to Pastor Dennis Penton and the audio ministry of Pure Heart Christian Center. It is our prayer that this message has been a challenge to your heart and your life. If you would like prayer, please call the church office at 305-969-7873. We would love to have the opportunity to connect with you in prayer. For more information about us, visit our website www.pureheartchristian.org And also, while you're on Facebook, make sure you visit us at the Pure Heart Christian Center page and click on Like Us. Until next time, may God's Spirit bless you mightily.